0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Currensville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Currensville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.currensvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from The Heart Zone, here's George. All right, folks. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 5 through 11. Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through 11. So let's kind of remind ourselves we're going through the gospel. I keep saying gospel, good news. It is good news. The book of Romans, the letter to the Romans. And here's what we found so far. We're trying to understand our faith. We understand really from the first three chapters that all of humanity is condemned. And there's no hope. Well, there is a hope. Jesus, right? And through Jesus, we, as we entered into chapters, latter part of chapter three, chapter four, chapter five, we see that through faith in him we are justified. We are reconciled with him. Basically, we're accepted. And what happens when you realize that you are accepted by God, that your sins are forgiven, it's not about you, it's about him. So again, it's not about you and what you have done and haven't done. It's about what Jesus did for you. We Remember, last week we kind of talked about that there's two different mindsets that you can develop that are wrong, and that is concerning the whole issue of God's grace, and that is, number one, There's this mindset that feels that grace just gives everybody an excuse. And so it kind of downplays the reality of sin. And then the second thing is those who do downplay it is basically, I can do whatever I want to because I'm forgiven. Well, the reality is you can't do whatever you want. And so we saw that last week. He kind of tells us, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, it was the thinking that as as long as I'm sinning, God's grace is even going to be greater. I can just do whatever I want. No, no, no. He presents a third option. And with that third option, he helps you to realize that as a believer in Jesus Christ now, you can say no to sin. You can live a life where you're not enslaved to it. And that's what he's going to kind of talk about. No, it's not kind of. He is. He's going to talk about this reality today in chapter 6, verses 5 through 11. And what he wants us to do, are you ready for this? He wants you to change your thinking. Because the way you operate comes out of what you hold on to and what your beliefs are. And one of the deadliest lies that is out there for you and I as believers is this concept that Yes, you're saved, but you still have this sin nature. The old man is still in control, but you're okay. Paul's going to tell you that's a lie. That when you came to faith, the old you died. And you're a new you now. And and as a new you... There is something different about you. Something that, can I be honest with you, as I think about my earlier years in, in the faith, as I was a young Christian, when I came to faith in the age of 20 down in South Carolina, they didn't tell me this. I kind of lived in defeat. And I find a lot of people live in defeat because they're operating under this mindset, well, I just keep doing what I'm doing. There's no chance for me. I just keep succumbing to the same things, the same old problems. There's no hope but I'm saved. And what he wants to tell you is, is that, no, no, you're saved, but that means something different has happened. And what it's going to mean is, is you need to change your thinking. That's why I've entitled this whole section through chapter six, seven, and eight about a new mindset for you and I. We need to develop a new mindset here where we understand what he's done for us, and therefore we live out of that. And as we live out of that, he changes us. See, you can change. Did you hear what I'm saying? You can change. Because God is the one who changes you. You say, okay, George, I'm kind of confused. What are you getting at? Well, let's look at the passage together. Look with me at what he says in verse 5. For he who has died has been freed from sin. For if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, wow, man, that's a lot there, George. What's, what's he getting at here? Well, we want to spend our time today talking about that. We want to we wrestle with what's going on here. So what he's going to do is in verses 5 to 7, he's going to explain to you a spiritual reality, a reality. And then when we get down to verses 8 through 11, he's going to talk about the new you, the new you because of Jesus. Do you understand? So let's talk about the reality. The first thing I want you to notice is this. He gives a very, very much an overall principle statement here in verse 5. Look at what he says there. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So here's what I want you to understand. When you got saved, whenever that was, for me, it was the third week of April in 1985 on a Tuesday night. Forget the day exactly, I just know it was the third week. By my bed in my my parents' house at 404 Green Springs Drive, Columbia, South Carolina. I got home, asked my dad for a Bible. I didn't even know if we had a Bible. He had a Bible. I went in, I read the Gospel of John. I found myself realizing who Jesus was and I wanted to give my life to him. You know, growing up in the South, you hear a lot about salvation because it's very much a Christian culture down there. And so I gave my life to Jesus that night. Now, what happened is is that at that moment, I changed. Now, if I were to look in the mirror, it still was the same younger George, more hair, a lot thinner. 20-year-old. But the reality is, is listen to me, Jesus changed me. And whenever it was for you, whether it was as a child or as an adult, when you gave your life, that moment, that instant, when the Spirit of God entered into your life, you changed. Why? Because here's what happened. Here's what I want you to see. At salvation, we joined Christ in his death and resurrection. You died and were raised up. You died. The old you died. And at that point, the old you died. A new you emerged. This is the point he wants you to see. This isn't just me doing what I always do now. I'm different now. At that moment, you changed. You got to start thinking like that. You got to start reckoning that in your life. That you changed. Why? You died with Jesus and you were raised with Jesus. That's what happened at salvation. So he explains it a little bit further here. What's going on here? Look with me at verse six. Very simple thing here. He says this knowing this, that your old man was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So here's the first thing I want you to see here, is that the old you with its sinful nature died. It died. So let me explain that to you. What do you mean it died, George? Well, here's, here's the reality of life. So let's go back to the garden, all the way back to Adam and Eve. When they sinned, With that emerged a problem that would forever haunt all of humanity. With their sin, sin entered into the world and sin entered into humanity. So you were born a sinner. You were born with a sin nature, the old you. How do I know that, George? I thought everybody's born good. Really? Really? Do you have kids? just ask any parent around here what book did they borrow to teach your children how to be selfish mine mine where did they did they learn that from you maybe they did but mine or or or, or swatting or hitting or sassing or lying are there Parenting courses that teach you how to do that with your children? No, you don't have to do that with any. You don't have to do that with any kid. That just comes what? Don't we say this? Oh, that's just natural. Yeah, isn't that true? It's natural. Why? Because it's the sin nature. And so we have a propensity to what, folks? Sin. You and I have a propensity to sin. That's just who we are. Or better yet, wait a minute, George. Think about what you're saying. That's who we were. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's who we were. Because the moment you got saved, that changed. Because the old you with its sinful nature died and a new you emerged. Paul says that about he's you are a new creature in Christ. He is renewing you. And so now, with that sinful nature, it's dead. But you say, yeah, but George, I still I still sin. I still have temptation. What well, we're going to find out as we go further in this letter, in this chapter, that what happens is, is you inhabit a body of flesh that you've been, who who has what? Been trained in what? Sinning. You know what a craving is? Do you know what I'm saying? So I remember back when... Uh, Lori was pregnant with Madison. We pastored in Canada. And Lori loved Dairy Queen. She would go to Dairy Queen and get a Jack and Jill Sunday. What's a Jack and Jill Sunday, George? Well, it's hot fudge and marshmallow. And she would have a craving. She's having a craving right now. Okay. So she would have a craving. Where, Where did that come from? Well, you could say come from her hormone. She's got a lot of hormone things going on when you're pregnant. You could say what? I mean, what's going on? The body, her body, was wanting what? A Jack and Jill Sunday. It's kind of like me when I drive by the Golden Arches or a Hardee's or a Wendy's. My body wants a cheeseburger. Now my mind says no. But the body says, yes. Do do you know what I'm saying? And what happens is, is when, when you were without Christ, you just did whatever your body wanted, right? That's what he's saying here. But that old nature died. The moment you got saved, here's what else he says. Look with me with verse 7. It it just goes and tells you what's going on here. Look with me at verse 7. Can't get any clearer than this. Very simple statement. For he who has died has been freed from sin. What's he saying here, George? Well, here's what I want you to see is, is that you have been freed from the power of sin. Excuse me, wait a minute, you are no longer enslaved to sin, first of all. You're no longer enslaved to it. You've been freed from it, so that's the next point. You've been freed from the power of sin. This is why you got to change your thinking. See, as long as you're thinking, it's just the old me, same old thing, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing without even thinking about it. You're going to continue going down a path that leads to nothing but defeat and discouragement. But if you realize, if you change your thinking to realize that I no longer am enslaved, it no longer has power over me, actually I'm the one who has power to say what? Yes or no. Then that changes your life. Because let's be honest, most of us operate on autopilot. Do you do you know what I mean? Most of us operate on autopilot, or, or cruise control—the new kind of cruise control. So Lori, Lori's got a car that uh, I guess the new features are. This is kind of wild, isn't it? it if you and and I, I'm, the, I'm this is me when I drive. Whenever you drive with me. You'll notice I love the sideline. Eh, my, 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 my son says I like to drive by echo uh, positioning, you know, like to hear the rumbling. So, So, okay, but now the car will beep at me, beep, 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 and then veer over to get back in the center of the lane. Wow, it does it for you. Or, you know, I like, I'm one of these guys, I'm on highway, I like cruise control, but I don't like cruise control when you come up on somebody and they're going slower than you, so you got to put on the brake and you got to go through the whole process again. Now the thing will slow down and then speed back up on its own. Wow, isn't that wonderful? That's the wonderful features they're doing with these cars now. But isn't that how we operate on life? We just go through cruise control each day. Autopilot. And so our natural responses, boom, boom. And guess what we end up doing? Sin after sin after sin. Same attitudes, same habits, same way of doing things. Things that ultimately, when we think about them, result in our spiritual defeat and our spiritual decline. But here's the problem. The problem is, why do we do that? Because we haven't changed our thinking. We haven't gotten to the place where we realize that I don't need to do this. And I don't need to give in. I'm new. And so now I have the ability to say what? No. And I'm I'm freed from that power of sin. This is what he's wanting you to understand. This is the reality. Listen, folks, I want you to understand this. That you think back to the time you got saved, okay? Realize, whenever that was, some of you say, well, I don't even know a date. I just know I, I trusted Christ. Whatever. Think about you before you at that moment, whenever. You changed. And it's not just some academic exercise. It literally changed you. So now you are the one who's in control. You are the one who can say no. But you know what? I know somebody that doesn't want you to know that. Because he'd rather you be defeated than be the person you're supposed to be in Jesus. He'd rather you think that there's nothing you can do about you, there's no changing you, when in reality, you've already been changed. So you've got to change your thinking. So here's what I want you to see. Here's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. We're going to talk about the new you. Here's here's what I want you to see. Look with me at verse 8. Here's what he says. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. All right, so he's, he's going to formulate a thing here. So if you came to Jesus... At that moment of salvation, if you realize you died with him, the reality is is that you now can live for him, with him, through him. Here's the point I want you to see here. The point is, is since the old you died, you have to believe that you have life with Christ. You have to come to the place of understanding that the old me with my old habits and my old thinking and my old way of doing stuff, the moment I got saved, that fleshy, carnal attitude, that died. Now I can live. I got to believe that what is for me in front of me is George living for who? Jesus. Jesus living with me and through me. I can live a new life. I can be an entirely different person. See, here's the thing I'm trying to get you to understand because I see this so many times now, whether I'm reading in Christian books or listening to Christian radio or Christian media online, is is that we're spending a lot of our times making excuses for our sin. I, I just find that we make a lot of excuses for our sins. Well, it's just the way I am. Or, have you met my mother? You know what I'm saying? If you met my mother, you would understand me. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, you know, you never met my dad. That's just the way my dad taught me. Or, you know, I'm German. And so, you know, I'm just telling you all the excuses that I can come up with. You know, and I'm German. And you know how Germans are, you know, and so forth. Yeah, okay, really? All right. Yeah, those are excuses that really means Nothing. Because the reality is, I'm in Jesus. I belong to Him. And He changed me. And that other stuff died. And so now I need to start believing that I'm different, that I'm new. Some of it, can I be honest with you, that hasn't entered into any of our minds. A lot of us haven't, or we don't even give it any concept because we're so entrenched in our thinking about our old selves. We don't realize who we are now, and so the reality that I need to believe that I have life with him doesn't even enter into our minds. But you need to. The new you requires it. You've got to start realizing who you are start realizing that here's the second thing i want you to see because this happened with jesus look at verse 9 he's talking about christ here knowing that christ having been raised from the dead dies no more death no longer has dominion over him here's what i want you to see death no longer has power over you you died with him death no longer has power over him death no longer has power over you what do you mean george well, let, let's just say the reality. Unless Jesus comes back, we're all going to die. We don't know when. We don't know how. We don't know where. It's a reality we all face. It's a scary reality. And it's going to be heartache. It's going to be difficult. But here's the thing. And so we don't have to live in dread of that, in fear of that. Why? Because just as Jesus had power over death and he lives again, I now live with him. So therefore, I have what? Power over death. Does that mean I'm not going to die, George? No. It just means that when your body physically dies, you continue on in life with him. And ultimately, he gives you what? A new body. To be absent from the Lord is to be what? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He gives you a new body later on. Death is just a passing thing. I know it's difficult, but when you get through, you're like, man, wow. It's going to be so much different. And that's the new you. The new you doesn't have to fear death. Now, don't be foolhardy with that. You're still going to die physically, but you're... Don't have to be concerned by it. Here's the second thing, the third thing he says. Look with me at verse 10. For death, for the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now here's the thing I want you to see now. Jesus' death settled the fact that sin's power has been broken. How do I know that this power that I once gave into is now broken because he died to it. Do you realize when he was on the cross, he took your sin, not just the sins that you've committed, but the sins that you have yet to commit. He took your sins, my sins, all of our sins, humanity's sins, on him, on the cross, and he what? Paid the penalty for them and he broke the power of sin. And so now you, because you died with him and you were raised up, that power is what? Broken in your life. You can change. This is the reality. You can change because you have been changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can change because you have been changed. In fact, here's what I want you to see. The final thing I want you to see here, verse 11, is this. Here's what he says, verse 11. Nice, interesting word he starts off with here. Reckon. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God. That word reckon also means consider Consider, change your thinking. Here's what I want you to see. Decide to embrace your freedom from the power of sin and live. You've got to decide that from this point on, not tomorrow morning, but from this point on, I'm going to live for him. I can say no to my old habits. I can say no to my inclinations of my flesh. And I'm going to live for him. How do I know that we can do that? Well, Ephesians chapter two, right before those very well known verses in eight and nine, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Here's what he says in verse four through six. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. All right, stop. Think about that. God, rich in mercy and because of his great love with which he loved us. Here's what he says, verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, so even when you and I were dead, the old us, not living for him before we were saved, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, you and I are already seated with him in heavenly places. How's that happen? I think he's talking about the future. In God's perspective, there is no time. In the future, we're already there with him. That's who you are. So now you've got to what? Decide to live that way. Consider it. Reckon. Here's the bottom line, folks. Change your mind. Quit living a defeated life. Quit telling yourself, I'm going to be struggling with this old sin habit forever. I can't change. Quit telling yourself that because you can. Because he did it for you on the cross. And you, when you came to faith, you died with him, the old you died, and you were raised up with him, the new you. So realize that. And begin to live the life that he wants you to live. Let me pray for you.